Hey, thanks for tuning in to a Sunday service. This week, we'll hear a message from Pastor Andy Bowles. There's another story that some of you guys might have heard, a book that you might have read. I know for my kids, they had to read it as a part of their schooling, but it's called The Pilgrim's Progress. Has anybody ever heard of The Pilgrim's Progress? John Bunyan wrote that a long time ago. He actually, I believe, wrote that from a jail cell. And so so he, he writes this, and it's the story of a guy named Christian who has this immense burden on his back, but guess what? He is walking a path in life. And as he walks his path in life, he also runs across all of these characters, some that are helpful and some that are not helpful. Why is it that in our culture, there is so much talk about walking a walk, going down a road, meeting all of these various types of people in our life, ultimately and hopefully to get to the destination that we had planned or desired to get to? Why is it that way? Because people understand and you understand that life is like a walk down a road. Everybody is walking down at least one or of two different roads. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7 gives us the description of these two roads in verse 13 and 14. He said there is a road that is very broad and it means it's very easy to walk down this road. The fact of the matter is when we were born into this world. We were born as people who were walking down this easy, broad road. But this broad road is not leading to a place that any of us want to go to because it is a place of absolute destruction. Along the way, there's a lot of people talking about a lot of good things and we see a lot of good scenery. But the conclusion of the road, it ain't nice. But then there's another road, and the other road is a very narrow road. It's not a well-traveled road. It's not a whole lot of people on this road. The scenery of this road may not be as spectacular as the broad road, but the destination at the conclusion of that road is the destination that I think everybody in this room, and if we were to be honest with ourselves, every human being that's ever been on the planet ultimately wants to get to. And you say, Andy, how do you know that it's everybody's desire? According to Ecclesiastes, God said he's put eternity in our heart, and we wish, hope, pray that, that our eternity ends up in a good place. As a matter of fact, there are religions that have been invented by man that give this kind a spectacular idea of the end of their life if they just do certain things. Whether it is a certain level of heaven a person can eventually get to because of what they've done on earth when they die, that eternity is, is more blessed for them if they make it to one, two, or the third part of heaven. Or, or, or maybe it's that when they die, they'll get, and this, this, is, this is not me, this is a religion that was formed by, I'll just go ahead and tell you, it's Islam. <laughs> not good with secrets, you know what I'm saying? So Muslims believe that whenever they die, then they're going to get 70 black-eyed virgins. And so there's so many different other religions. That's just a few that at the end of their road, they're expecting something real good. And, 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 but in Christianity, we see that, that our road, our life, is being lived out in this walk down a narrow road that is not an easy path to travel 
but it concludes at a very good place. Now that's if you're a Christian this morning, you're on a narrow road. If you're not a Christian, you're on a very broad road. The broad road leads to destruction. The narrow road leads to a great place. And so this morning, at the conclusion, the backside of Easter, last Sunday was Easter. Guys, was last Sunday awesome or what? Man, it was amazing. And, and we're going to have another amazing day today. But on the backside of Easter, there were some things that happened after Easter that are as important for us in our continuing walk with Jesus. And so what we want to talk about today is a long walk down a narrow road. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me real quick to Luke chapter 24. And we're going to look in verse 32. There's several other verses that we're going to, we're going to look at here. But, but the, 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 the title of the message is a long walk down a narrow road. How, how many of you guys enjoy walking? Some of you guys are like, no, you know, just bring it to me. I'll be fine. Yeah, some of you guys love to, how many of you guys like to run? I know there's runners out there. Yeah, runners. You know, the Bible says that the, the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So I try to be biblical, I don't run. But, but I do enjoy walking, and, and I don't know why I enjoy walking. It, it, it may be something to do with the psychology of it. When I get out and walk, I expend energy. Therefore, it kind of gives me this peacefulness, uh, solitude, this quietness in my mind. I, I don't know if it's the chemistry of it or the biology of it, that as I'm going, I'm, I'm letting my blood flow in my body, and it's bringing oxygen to my brain. And by the way, I need as much help as I can get. And so all of this, I don't know if it's all of it. I don't know if it's just, just the, the means of being still while I'm still walking, if that makes sense. You know, be still and know that I'm God, the Bible says, but I'm, I'm, I'm moving and I'm in a moment of pause in my spiritual life to where I'm just reflecting on God and, and praying and talking to the Lord. And I, I like those moments to where I can go off and, and, and walk. I think we as a culture are really spoiled because we have so many different modes of transportation that we don't have to walk quite as as much as they used to. When's the last time you took a seven-mile walk? See what I'm saying? The, the passage of Scripture that we're looking at this morning tells the story. After Jesus rose from the dead, there are two people walking on a road of Emmaus. It is about a seven-mile journey from Emmaus to Jerusalem, and these guys are going from Emmaus to, or to Emmaus, and as they travel, something amazing happens. And this is, this is the conclusion of the traveling and what they experienced. And they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he, that's Jesus, talked with us, by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. And play this movie in your mind. Here's these two guys and they're walking and another guy joins them along their journey. And as they're walking and talking, he says, what are you guys talking about? And they say, how can you be even anywhere within the Jerusalem area and not have heard what has happened to this person named Jesus? We are absolutely mind blown that all of this has happened. And, and not only that, but it's been past the third day since he promised he would be raised from the dead. All of his disciples are, are losing their minds. They're scared to death of what's going to happen next. How can you not know what's going on? And then Jesus said, is 
without them knowing he's Jesus. The crazy thing in this is he's concealing himself. He's not letting them know who he is, right? And, and so they're walking, he hears this, and they're, they're having this conversation, and he's responding to them. And then he says, the scripture says that he begins to, from the, book of, from the books of Moses, in the Old Testament, the writings of Moses, he begins to tell them why the Messiah the promised one of God who would come and rescue Israel, God's people, and offer salvation unto the world. Messiah. Why the Messiah would come and why the Messiah would suffer and all of these bad things happened to him and how that he would be crucified, buried and raised from the dead. And he begins to just describe all of this to him on that seven mile walk. If you've ever spent seven miles walking, that's probably the best way to do it. Talking to Jesus, right? Listening to Jesus. And so he's telling them what, why everything had to happen and they get ready to conclude their, their walk. They're about to go into the place they're staying. And Jesus acts as though he would go a little bit further. And so what they do is, is they say, man, this conversation has been way too good. You have told us way too much. Uh, as a matter of fact, this says, did not our hearts burn? That's not indigestion. If you're my age, anytime you see that, you're like, okay, where's the tums? Their hearts burned within they had this. Y'all ain't a funny crew this morning. <laughs> Our hearts, they burn for, for more of this. And so they, they asked Jesus, not knowing it was Jesus, hey, stay, stay in this house with us and, and let's talk a little bit longer. And they go into the house and they prepare a meal and they get ready to, to, to feed the meal. And Jesus takes the food and he blesses the food. And when he opens, he ends, concludes his prayer and he op they open their eyes, they realize that it's Jesus that they've been with the entire time. Oh, man, what an amazing deal, right? How, 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 guys, this isn't fairy book stuff. This isn't Hollywood production. This is absolute reality. This is more real than the chair you're sitting in. This is, Jesus prays and says, amen. And they open their eyes and they're like, what? Where did you go? How did this happen? Right? And, and then Jesus vanishes out of there and their response is, can you believe it? We've been walking these seven miles with Jesus. No wonder he was telling us these things. According to Mark chapter one, when Jesus in the beginning of his ministry went to the synagogues and told, the testimony was that he told with authority unlike anybody else in the religious realm. Wow, Jesus. Their hearts are burning on the inside of them and they say, we got to tell somebody. We, we got to go tell the disciples. So if you were following this story of Luke 24 chronologically through the scripture, it fits with Mark chapter 16, verse 12 through 13. And those that heard the report of these two guys, they didn't believe them. Kind of reminds you of what we're studying in the way on Wednesday nights about the disciple Thomas. You know, we, for, for those of you who have been attending the Wednesday night uh, gatherings and, and, and focusing on Thomas, uh, don't, don't give everybody the answer. But if you haven't been coming, the, the, when we think of Thomas, we think of Thomas the doubter, right? And, and, and so for situations like this, I believe that probably this was Thomas that when they came, they said, we've seen Jesus. We walk with Jesus. He told us from Moses on this, this journey from Emmaus uh, to Jerusalem to Emmaus. And, and, and all this stuff is, it, 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 can you believe it? And, and Thomas was like, no, I can't believe it. 
Not unless I see the wounds in his hands and his side, I won't believe it. It also chronologically fits in with 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 5, to where afterwards Jesus revealed himself to Simon Peter or Cephas. Then it also coincides itself again with Mark chapter 16, verse 14, when he was seen of the 11 other disciples. Jesus is one who has chosen to do at least a couple of things in the earlier parts after his resurrection to make himself known so that we and all of them would know that he is a God who is able to perform as he keeps his promise. <laughs> it's, it's, it's though like Jesus is saying to these two guys and, and to Thomas and to Peter and the other disciples and the certain women that were seeking after him and the crowds after he ascended and send the disciples out to be apostles to preach the gospel unto the world to where it reached unto us here today. Where God is saying, I want you to know that I am who I say I am and that I can do what I say I can do and that you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to doubt that. You don't have to dissect that. You just have to trust that and receive that. <laughs> That's the good thing about a promise. Sometimes we might not fully understand the promise, but if we trust the one who gave the promise, I ain't got to understand the fullness of the promise. I'm trusting the one who gave me the promise. And so Jesus, he wants us to know that he is who he said he is, but also Jesus wants us to go with the truth that he is who he says he is. And that's what he does with these guys. We see it says, and they came to, and they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while we walked by the way, while he opened other scriptures. And then the very next passage or the next few verses there, I'm, I'm just going to read them. They're too good not to. Verse 33 and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared unto Simon. <laughs> you guys, Jesus kept his word. And because he kept his word, he asked us to send out his word. And when we send out his word, when we are carriers of his good news, when we carry his promise, we can be assured of those that were there yesterday at Northside passing out chicken plates, sharing the good news of Jesus, praying over. You can be assured of, even though you might not have been able to see him with your physical eyes, there is absolutely no doubt in my heart or mind that Jesus was also there with us. This is what I like in this next part of this. Is in verse 34, and saying, The Lord is risen indeed, he hath appeared unto Simon. And they told them the things that were done in the way and how uh, he was known of them in the breaking of bread. In verse 36, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be still. Peace be still. Mm. And so when we know and are confident, then we go with confidence. And know that he's going to be there with us. That he's going to show up in reality. As we are Christians walking along this pathway of life, we too get the experience of these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We get the experience of Christ sharing his truth with us through his word and by his spirit. 
all of us are walking some kind of walk because all of us are living some kind of life. All of us are on some kind of road. And so this has to be the question for us this morning. How will your walk be? I'm not asking if you're going to face some kind of traumatic disease, if your house will be foreclosed on, if you're going to get a flat tire on the ride home. <laughs> All of those kind of stuff happens just because we're in this sin-cursed earth and, and it rains on the just and the unjust and problems are going to happen. I'm talking more specifically to you in your spiritual walk and it is a spiritual walk even though you're on a broad road. It is a road that leads to a spiritual place of damnation and hell for all eternity and this road is a road that you are devouring by your own lustful desires and your sinful appetite and that affects in a spiritual manner. Or this, this narrow walk. How will your walk be? How will your life be lived? Well, you see, I think we as at least followers of Jesus, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, then we pray that today you decide to be a follower of Jesus. Let, let me just say this kind of as a side note. Quit fighting. You losing and you're going to lose. Quit fighting. This is the struggle that you're in. You blame all of these other enemies for the reason that you're defeated and that you're losing in life. And it's not them, it's you. You need to quit. And you need to surrender. And you need to come to the one and the only one that can rescue you. And that's Jesus. Uh, it's, it's amazing so many times I've seen this in, in ministry to, to where people are, are so frustrated with life and, and life is so terrible and nothing ever makes sense. And the reason it is is because you're fighting against God. You're not going to win. If you'll just surrender and say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life and save me. He will come into your life and he'll save you. And he'll make sense of what needs to make sense. But in the greater sense that's being made, you'll understand faith. And in faith, you'll follow him. And as following him, he in no wise will you do without because he is not a negligent father. And he will take care of your needs both mentally, both emotionally, spiritually, physically. He is that kind of God. He is going to draw you into a royal family. We talked about that yesterday. A royal family, a royal priesthood of believers. And in that group of believers, you're going to have the opportunity to grow. But you'll never have that opportunity if you don't wave that white flag and surrender to Jesus. Sandy, I don't believe what you just said that I'm fighting against God. Paul didn't either on the road to Damascus when Jesus showed up and said, why are you fighting against me? Right? Sometimes we think we helping God when we ain't, we fighting God. Sort of surrender to him fully. And, and, and so that, that's how you go from this broad road where everything seems like it's okay. All the conversation around you is this is where you need to be. The enemy has you blinded. He wants you to be blinded because he wants you to go the same place he's going. And, and you don't have to do that. And if you'll say today, Jesus, forgive my sin. Come into my life and save me. I promise you on the authority of God's word, he will by good grace through Jesus Christ rescue you from yourself, sin and Satan. And, and all the consequence of that and he'll place you into his family and you can be saved, born again. Alright. But if you're on that narrow, narrow road, how will your walk be? 
You know, according to the story of these two guys, their walk was filled with healthy conversation. It was a, it was a wholesome conversation. It was a, it was, it was a good communication. It was good talk. These two guys before Jesus showed up, they're talking about the things of Jesus. They may have been on the backside not understanding, but they were moving on and Jesus shows up. And when Jesus showed up, all of a sudden the content of the conversation got a whole lot deeper. <laughs> and so Jesus began, look at a few verses through here. Look at verse 14 of, of Luke chapter 24. It should be on the screen. And as they talked together of all these things which happened, verse 17, and he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Their hearts are broken because they don't understand that Jesus is risen from the dead. Verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expound unto them the scriptures of all things concerning himself. Jesus steps in and their hearts are miserable. Their hearts are broken. Their conversation is around that. It's a good subject because Jesus died. They just needed the completion of the message and Jesus shows up and Jesus brings light into a darkness. Jesus brings hope into a despair. Jesus brings healing into a hurt in this conversation when he shows up and he says, hey guys, don't worry. Don't worry. This is the way it was supposed to be. Later as they go to the house, they, they get ready to eat a meal and then Jesus reveals himself to them. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I noticed that through the course of this walk, their conversation changed. And I'm going to share with you how this conversation changed. It went from sad to glad. <laughs> it went from sad to glad. Their hearts are broken and Jesus shows up and now they're glad. Their hearts burn within them to whereas before they were broken and now they're burning with passion to know more of what Jesus is doing. Their conversation changed and this is how a conversation changed as well. You notice whenever we read through this long passage of scripture, go home later and read through it, you'll see that they're talking and they're sad. And then all of a sudden Jesus starts talking and they get glad. I wonder why sometimes we live down this life, this road of life, and our, 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 we're sad, we're heartbroken. It may be because we're doing more talking than we're allowing Jesus to do. <laughs> we, 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 we getting a whole lot more of this going than this, right? We, 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 uh, we transmitting a whole lot more than we're receiving. God gave you one mouth and two ears. Why? Sometimes we just need to, on this walk, stop talking and start listening. And that's conversation right there, the exchanging of hearts and ideas. And so Jesus is doing that with these guys. And whenever Jesus inputs into our life his conversation and his words, then all of a sudden our words and our conversation begins to change. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But what's just such as common and demand? Well, let me, go, let me go read that real quick. I think we got the wrong verse on the screen there. Y'all, it's been a long week. Don't judge me. Four, verse 29. Man, we were so close. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. How many of you guys remember how you used to talk and what your conversation was about before you gave your life to Jesus? And then after. Or maybe even this, that just in life you're walking down this road and sometimes you can get the, you can get the bah humbugs. You can get the I'm Eeyore. 
right? Woe is me. Ain't never, ain't never nothing been good to me. My life's always been terrible, right? You breathing, ain't you? Shut up. Start praying, right? Grumbling and mumbling. You guys do know that the, the people were murmuring in the Old Testament so much that God got fed up with it. He opened the earth and he swallowed them up. I get around some people sometimes that murmur so much, I kind of take a step back. Mm, he might do it again. <laughs> you know? I want to make sure I got some distance here. Yeah, it's no need in all that, right? Jesus changes this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. But now ye also put off, put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. It's cuss words. Yes, cuss words. Inappropriate words. Inappropriate words. But it's negative words. It's words that don't really define us as we are in Christ. Things like that, right? It's another passage, Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus says, a good man out of the good treasure of heart bring forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of heart bring forth that which is evil. And he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Thomas Fuller said this, when a heart is afire, some sparks will fly out of his mouth. Mm. See, when the heart changes, the conversation all of a sudden changes. What was the problem with these two guys as they were walking? Their heart wasn't right, therefore the conversation wasn't right. But on the wall, they began to listen to Jesus. And as they listened to Jesus, the heart got changed, therefore the conversation got right. Jesus, it's been three days. He ain't, he ain't come out of the grave yet. Ain't nobody seen him. Ain't nobody talked to him. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Jesus talks to him about that. And then they see Jesus revealed. And what do they do? They go tell the other guys, Jesus did rise from the dead. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. There's this change that happened in their life. How is your walk going to be? Is it going to be filled with wholesome conversation? How many of you guys watch Seinfeld? Seinfeld was nine seasons long, 1989 to 1998. It was known as the show about nothing. If you've ever watched Seinfeld... You know when Kramer stepped in the room for sure. It was a show out nothing, right? Don't let your walk in life, the conversation of it be like that show. A walk about nothing, a talk about nothing. Let your talk and your walk match. Let your walk be steady, but let there be talk too. I think sometimes we talk about, oh, you know, you got to make sure that your walk is there with your talk. I hear a lot of people talking and not a lot of people walking. Well, sometimes we also need to add and make sure that the talk is the way the talk should be and the walk should be the way the walk should be. How, how will your walk be? Hopefully it'll be filled with wholesome conversation, but also hopefully it'll be walking in the right direction. <laughs> walking in the right direction. How terrible is it that whenever you're walking somewhere and you think you know where you're going only to find out that you're not going where you thought you were going and you look up and you're lost. Me and a buddy of mine was looking in the turkey woods one time for some turkeys. It was a 30 acre plot. That ain't very big. And so we're trying to find some turkeys and it's the midday. We're just kind of doing some pre-scouting stuff, right? I'm just speaking to my turkey hunters, okay? And so we, we get out in the woods and we're looking around and we, we're focusing, man. We're looking for turkey droppings and you can ask somebody what that means later. And turkey feathers and, and scratching and all that kind of stuff and we're, we're trying to find this and, and, and time gets away from us. And we look up and every pine tree looks the same. How do we get in here? Where's the sun? We looked up at the sun because, you know, we all Indians. Where's the sun? No, 
It's 12 o'clock noon. The sun ain't gonna help me out none. I'm about to stay here till three to find my way out of here. And we almost did. 30 acres, it wasn't much, but we got turned around. We lost our direction, right? So direction, direction is key when you're walking. If you're not careful, it'll really mess you up. Verse 13, it says, And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs, about seven miles. Verse 15 and 16. And it came to pass that while they continued together and reasoned, Jesus drew himself, drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they know not the truth. And, and so we see that they're, they're, they're making this journey. They're going in a certain direction. They know their path. They know the road goes from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They've got a direction that's settled. Do you have a direction that's settled? Do you know where you're going? Well, Andy, how can I know exactly where I'm going in life? Saturday, by the way, if y'all like this crispy red tan, uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, Saturday I added to what I began Friday. We were cutting the yard Friday. We got about three and a half acres, and so we're cutting. We got a driveway that loops around the house. And so after it's all said and done, cutting and weed eating, it takes, I don't know, three hours or so, maybe a little more. And so we've got a leaf blower, and I'm, I'm blowing off the, the driveway because I want it to look good. Okay, want it to look nice, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm blowing, and I come around the edge of the house. As I'm blowing, everything's just working out gravy. I mean, it's just here. Come around the edge of the house, and all of a sudden, this big wind gust. And what I was blowing up, all of a sudden, blew in. And I'm, oh, I'm looking at my eyes, and I'm backing up, and good night, and all this grass clipping and dirt, and so I do it again. And I get a little relief and then tried out about three or four times. And finally, I'm just going to be honest with you. It was just me and Jesus out there. I looked up and said, Jesus, you got to help me. You know? And it dawned on me. Jesus said, I'm going to blow the way I want to blow. You're trying to blow another way. If you'll just angle yourself and blow the way I'm blowing, then we'll get this stuff off this, uh, off this driveway. And so you know what I decided to do? I decided just to come on the other side of the drive and I did it. And Jesus blew it that way, and I blew it that way, and, and we're blowing the grass off the driveway. And I, so I get to the end, and I'm feeling good about myself, and I, I start walking. And you know, when I'm cutting grass or doing things in the yard like that, my brain is just like this. And I come around the house, and, and I start doing it again, just like I'd done on the other side. And guess what met me again? The wind. I said, well, you did... You did it on that side and then you learned how to adjust so that we could work together on that side to get it off. He said, but your circumstances has changed. Your environment has changed. The placement of your life has changed. And now you need to angle yourself this way. And so I just start blowing it off that way. And guys, to far as I know right now, there's no grass in my driveway because me and Jesus worked together and got it all off. So in life, wonderful illustration. In life, right, you, you got to see, is, is your direction the same as God's direction? And if your direction is not the same as God's direction, God ain't the one in the wrong. You are. You need to re reposition yourself to get right. <laughs> find the right angle and find the right place. The Holy Spirit is that wind who is willing to blow away all the junk. But you got to get positioned. The reason maybe you're having such a difficult problem on this walk in life is that you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work. 
You're trying to go against him instead of going with him. Find the way of going with him. And you'll see a radical difference. The next thing we find in here is that, that these two guys, not only were they walking in the right direction, filled with wholesome conversation, but, but they were burning with the right desire. They were burning with the right desire. Man, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I know about me, sometimes my desire can be everything but right. And I need God to have a new desire placed inside of me. Their desire was to leave Jerusalem one moment but then they met Jesus and then their desire was to go back to Jerusalem to tell. Their desire in leaving Jerusalem was one of defeat and only discouragement and only to go and huddle back into their own little shell that they came from. But then they saw Jesus and Jesus says, no, 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 here's a new desire. And let me tell you this, guys. Desire always defines direction. Direction is always known through conversation. Y'all need to write that down. And so what happened was they're on this walk and, and they want this walk to matter. And, and so in this walk, their, their conversation became wholesome and it changed the way they were talking and changed the way the direction of their life was going from Emmaus back to Jerusalem. And, and all of a sudden, they've got this burning in their heart. And thank God that the burning of their heart didn't quench itself in just a seven mile walk. Some of you guys have recently been saved. You know what the devil's going to do his best to do? Throw a bucket of water on that fire. He wants to douse it out. Right? He, he, wants, to, he wants to quench that. Don't let him quench that. Right? Don't let a seven mile walk your, your fire to me. If they would have given up on that walk back, by the way, that's if my calculations are correct. And I did graduate McGee High School. So it may not be. But seven plus seven equals 14. Am I right? Okay. 14 miles. If they would have given up, if they would have said no, if they would have said it's too hard, if they would have said I can't without saying but he can, then it had all been for naught. I'm, I'm asking for you this morning, how many of you guys actually have a burning in your heart because of Jesus? Is there a fire there? If there's not a fire, one of two things needs to happen. Either you need to light it and have it lit for the first time, or you need to have it rekindled, right? Maybe for the first time means that you've never been saved. You've never trusted Jesus to be your Savior, and Jesus is going to come in, and man, he's going to light your fire. I promise you, you give up to him, he's going to light your fire. He's going to turn your world upside down. He's going to radicalize everything about you. People are going to start looking at you weirder than they look at you now. It's just going to happen. Okay? But he's going to do some crazy good stuff in your life if you'll let him come in and take that mess and turn it into a masterpiece that only he can. If you're lost today, you can be saved. Maybe you're a Christian and things have been difficult. I get it. Everybody here goes through difficult things. may not be the same thing you're going through, but difficult things. If, you're, if your flame is getting a little bit smaller, ask Jesus to reignite it today. Set your mind on that. If you'll focus and set your mind on that, let, then, then your heart's going to catch a flame in your mind, from your mind. Set your mind on it. God, I love you. I'm going to serve you. Nothing's going to stop me. Be committed. Be convicted about it. And you can get that here today. 
Ask him for it.